faith. Those words are uh, powerful words if you really let it take root. By faith. And one of the things I loved about that video, I was actually going to try to play it last week, but apparently the Lord didn't bring it to my remembrance. But this week, it has more power and impact of what we were going through. Because this week, as we went into the challenge of reading our word for the, the year, we saw that in the creation that God had a purpose and a plan. We saw that he had a mission that was set for humanity, for us. But it had to be unfolded for us to understand how the impact would go. We see that, that God created the earth, and when he said it was finished, he said it was good. And then he, we saw that, that as the process, he started filling it with creatures and image bearers of him, which is us. The human race is the image bearer of who God is. And we start seeing how God starts exposing the truths that we need to hold on to. Adam walked with God and served God and maintained the garden until sin happened. We see that God started a relationship with Cain and Abel as he was already kicked him out of the garden and he was asking them. And we saw how that happened when sin entered. We, we, we witnessed the impact of, of God telling Seth's family to go and walk and, 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 and be faithful. And we saw how Enoch walked into, with God into heaven with ne without even dying. And then sin kept raging its head upon the earth. And then we saw God look at an old man and he says, I want you to do something that you've never ever seen. I want you to build this, this big giant wooden structure and I want you to go in and I want you to do the impossible. And as everybody was looking around him, all the sin was mocking him. He said, I don't care what you want to do. I want to walk by faith. And he built the ark as a, as a story to give us a glimpse of our ultimate redemption. Then, if you've been getting into it the last few days of your Bible reading... You start encountering a, a man named Abraham and his wife Sarah and their journey to find their faith. And if you've been in church any, any time, you've ever heard the story or the song that said, Father Abraham, and, and you learn about how he had many sons and all these different things, but then we also learn the stories about how he's the father of our faith. He's a man that endured so much, but yet he was not willing to relent in his hope, and his desire. And what we would witness today as you read your word today is that God asked him to give up his son that was promised to him through his wife Sarah. And Abraham wouldn't even hold back at that. And God says that you will be faithful, you will uh, be fruitful and multiply, you will see the blessings come through because of your faith. And this week, I'm going to challenge everybody with the Give series that we're in. With the Give series that we've been hitting up. But before I get in there, Brother Chip texted me this morning. I want to let everybody know of a great testimony that, that happened this weekend. I got a text from Chip, I think it was like a Thursday this week. He says, Pastor, my other sister-in-law, she's been rushed to the hospital. They found her unconscious. Be praying. So I put it up on the prayer page, and we've been praying. We've been seeing people interact with and then I got the report that his sister, Michelle, she had a stroke 
two blood clots in her brain. It was dying. But let me tell you, we serve an awesome God who is still telling the story. And by a miracle, she is, she is doing great. Her brain was dying, but now she's truly healed. They, they, they removed both the blood clots. She's speaking and, and, and moving, and, and there seems to be little side effect from according to Chip. Let me tell you, we serve an awesome God. We serve a God that's good. We serve a God that's awesome, great, and, and, and infinite in all that he can do. And all he's asking us to do is go along for the journey as we walk alongside of him. And sometimes that's a little difficult for us. Sometimes that's a little struggle. Last week we read out of Mark and we found the story of a young man who struggled because he had great wealth. This week I want to kind of look at that story in a different, a different angle as we look at it in Matthew. The book of Matthew chapter 19. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up. If not, it will be on the screens. Yet if you're ready for me, I'm going to go through it. Each of those are different verses. And the first part in verse 16 it says, And behold, a young man, or a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? And Jesus says, You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. This is one that my kids struggle with here. Honor your father and mother. <laughs> How many of you can say, I've held that commandment up really good? Honor your father and mother. Better yet, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All of these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect. Can I say that again? He said, if you would be perfect. Go, sell what, you're, what you possess and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. Jesus said to his disciples, truly I say to you. Only uh, with, or, 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 sorry, the young man heard this and went away sorrowful. For he had great pos uh, many possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly I say to you. Only with difficulty with a rich man can enter heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the needle of an eye than to, for a rich man to enter heaven. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? Man, that's a struggling question that people keep asking still today. Who then can be saved? But Jesus has the wisdom and all the answers. And he says, Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Amen. Father God, Lord, I ask that you just take this service, Lord. I ask you to take the words that will be coming through my mouth, Lord, and let them be Holy Spirit inspired to have the impact that was whoever needs to hear this message will get a message that will impact them so much, Lord, that they will not hold back any longer. Because God, I'm done holding back. God, I want to be all in. I want to be fully sold out, Lord. So let us have a message, Lord, that will give us the impact to stand where we know that when the end comes, Lord, and you rapture us up or we die, Lord, right now, and we get to see your throne, we get to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. God, so touch us this morning, morning, 
and be with us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. See, last week we started the journey when we looked at the Give series and, and the preparation of God's purpose for this year. God's been challenging us a little bit with, with the impact of what it would take. It was here where we looked at, at the scripture where we found the young man with his vast wealth. And Jesus looked at him and he says, what does it take to get eternal life? And when he looked at him and Jesus was, he was trying to butter him up and he was trying to get him to get a, a, a right response. He wanted to elicit a response where he would, might find favor to get exactly what he wanted. Something that all of us would do. I love how the scripture, when we read it, it exposes pieces of us in other people in the Bible. He wanted to elicit the response, Jesus, I've done all of it, but can I get eternal reward without actually having to pay anything else within it? And you know how the response for the young man was. Last week, Mark actually says, you lack this one thing. And that really, that word really just causes a little bit of a grieving spirit within us when we hear those words. I can only imagine my mom going, honey, you did good, but this. It always causes a little hurt and you're like, oh. And the young man's response would be one that many of us would have. He walked away sorrowful. This week we read that he was looking at him and he says, okay, you will turn a perfect a person, you will become what's perfect if you will just sell what you have and follow me. For some of us, that rich man might look like us. Money. Some of us, that might be something different. It might be unhealthy relationships with person, places, or things. Sometimes that might be even just the idea of a dream that's causing you to go in one direction when God's calling you to go in a different direction. When he's asking you to give something. And he's saying, why don't you do it? And you're like, I don't want to give it because it's, not, it's my dream. It's my dream. It's my dream. God, give it to you. That is why last week, what I reminded each and every one of us as we looked at the scripture was that Jesus was looking at us and saying, it will cause a little bit of grief within you. But when you start the process, it's worthy of all of it. Jesus wants every bit of you. You're good. You're bad. And you're ugly. But let me say these one words real quick. He doesn't want to leave you at the good, the bad, and the ugly. When we approach Jesus, he wants to make you what he calls perfect. And that's going to cause a little bit of a tension within this flesh, within our lives sometimes. Because he's going to ask some difficult things of us. And we have to ask God, what are you wanting us to do within it? His response to the rich man was to go sell all you have. And give it to the poor. And the man walked away struggling. And I think that's the same for so many of us. We're struggling. We're hurting. We have these things in us that we, we seem to cannot get over because of whatever we think we can go through. Too often we look at Jesus, not like when we go up to him and say, Lord, Lord. We go up to him and say, Genie, Genie, give me my wish. God says, cast all your cares, concerns, and all your needs at my feet. Pray, keep asking, and doing all these things. But too often, we treat them like genies. Grant me a million dollars. I've been praying for a million dollars for years. 
I haven't seen it yet. My bank account don't look anywhere close to it. But what I've learned is that when we align our hearts with the nature of what he's going to ask us to do, we have to approach him with the proper context and the proper reverence that he asks us to do. Lord, Lord. Lord means he's the one that is above us. He's the one that's in control of us. He's the one that's all over us. But too often we still want to come to him going, Genie, Genie, give me this. Too often we come into the church where we, we think that we're, we're getting what we want because we check the box. Lord, I showed up on Sunday. I've eternal, my, achieved my eternal reward today. Better yet, we, we, we see people in the church that walk around saying, I got my Christian cross on my necklace. I'm showing off my Christhood. Sadly, this is another one that I find interesting. When, when, when people get overly spiritual and they treat God out of context, when they, they will go into a restaurant and they say grace so loudly, the people in the other restaurant next door can hear it. Because they want to act like they're holier than thou. Can I just, I'm not trying to chastise anybody. I'm just trying to be real. I'm just trying to say that there's going to be a, a, a response that has to be given when we approach the God who is truly the one that created it all, who, who is still exposing us to our faults, our finite issues, the struggles that we encounter. And what God is trying to say is it's time for us to step into a new nature. It's time to let the rubber meet the road and start going to Jesus and actually asking him to give us the actual things he wants to give us. Lord, give me more of what you need. God, break my heart for what breaks yours, Lord. God, show me which way I need to walk today, Lord. I give it all. Last week we said give it all. And if we would do that, Jesus would be saying, if you want to give it all, what, what does it take to become perfect? Better yet, as the young man heard, if you would be perfect and you give up the thing of the treasure that you have hidden in your heart, you will find exactly what you're looking for. So many of us, we're looking for a magic formula. We're looking for the thing that says, okay, you're good. And, and I know world religions. I, 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 when I went to college, they made me take a class on world religions, and there are some of them that will mess your head up. But one thing that I always found interesting was they are all like what we classify a works-based philosophy. If I do this, then I'll earn that. Islam... They believe that if they do more good, it's kind of like a karma-esque thing that Allah will, will give them their, their things. Then you got the twisted ones where the terrorists say, if I blow up enough infidels, I'll get 50 virgins or something like that when I get to, to, the, to heaven or whatever they classify it as. Hindus, they believe that they have to achieve this balance of good karma so that they can eventually end up, stop having to go through the rat race of being reincarnated. Buddhists believe that if they sacrifice all of their lives, that they'll reach this thing called nirvana, and then there'll be eternal peace in their life. But when we follow Jesus, it's completely, total, different. Amen. It's called grace. It's called grace. We didn't earn it. 
That's why I loved how Abraham, as he was getting ready to slay his son Isaac, was a reference to the fact that God was going to ultimately give us his son for our purchase to show us how good he is because he knew that our sins are going to mess us up. He knew that our, our struggles were going to weigh us down. He knew that we were going to lose hope a little bit. But then Jesus decided that he said, enough is enough, God. Father, I want to go down and I want to pay their price. And so that's exactly what he did. But yet we live our lives grieving every time that there's something that's asked of us. When he asks, would you be perfect if you did this one thing? You're struggling in all these different things, but would you be perfect? And that's the struggle that we keep going into. Christ followers are told something sometimes struggling. Every single moment. When I was looking at the scriptures, I love how it kind of pops out. Last week, the thing that popped out was Jesus looked at him and he, and he said that he looked at him with love. He looked at him with love. He's looking at us with the same kind of love that he looked at that young man with when we're coming saying, Lord, what must I do? Lord, what must I have? Lord, what must I pursue? Lord, what must I go through, Lord? And he didn't look at him with anything that we would put in a fleshly way when he comes up to us. He's, he didn't look at the young man with envy. He didn't look at the young man with anger because he saw the one thing that he needed to give up. He didn't look at him with anything, even though he knew he was going to struggle because he was rich. He didn't look at him in a negative light. Instead, it says that he looked at him with love. He's looking at us with love because he came on the earth. He died and he went to the cross and he rose from the dead because I loved you too much. See, to give us a little bit more, we have to understand that what Jesus is trying to say is to give God his glory, to give God what he's asking. It's called for us to realize that it's going to go from grieving. And we're going to have to add on an afflicted part of our aspect of our lives. See, when we flip on the eye, it's inflicted. And it keeps building on because what God is saying is, I don't want just a little part of you anymore. I don't want just Sunday. Church, I'm not done. Let me rephrase this. I'm so dissatisfied playing church. Sunday is not enough to exalt the God who created me, who called me according to His purpose and His will, who's establishing my steps every single day of my life. It's not enough for you to say, God, I want to give you just a little bit of who I am, not anything more, not anything less. I want to give you what I'm comfortable with. That's playing church. That's the religiosity of people trying to say, I will go through whatever it takes just to give me a little bit. You see, we're called to be inflicted. It's to cause something unpleasant and to endure it. An affliction, not affliction, inflicted. It's an injury. It's something that's going to cause a little bit of a, a struggle within you. And what God is trying to ask us today is if you're willing to give it, it's going to hurt a little bit. It might not look easy. 
I've heard way too many preachers get up into a pulpit. It's so easy to follow God. It's not easy. It's easy to get saved. Yes, it's easy to sacrifice your life and say, Lord, I'm done with my mess. Give it to you. I give it to you. Save me from the wretched sin that I am and let me walk. But it's not enough just to leave it there any longer. It's not enough for the one and done. I'm sorry. It's a lifelong journey as we let God lead us and show us which way to go. And it causes a lot of difficulty and a lot of harm sometimes. Do you think it's easy to be a pastor? No. It wasn't as easy. It's, it's hard. But it still was as difficult when I first walked into Christianity. I can remember going, okay, God, I saved you saved me. What do I do next? Started reading the Bible and I was like, okay. That's a sin that's still in my life. God, how do I get rid of that? Roll across the Bible somewhere. God, I see that in me. How do I fix that? Keep going. God, I see this in me. What is this stuff? I thought you saved me, God. And he's saying, no, I saved you, but I got to work you through the process so you could be perfect. You might be able to hold up to the commandments. Thou shalt not kill in all of them. But there's something more. There's depth that's even greater. There's purpose that goes further. But we have to be willing to say, God, I want you to expose it within me. Because the first point that I want to say is, that which we treasure is our pursuit. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich man enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the needle of an eye than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus was telling his disciples, those that were trying to learn how they could walk as they walked with the Messiah, how they could grow as they walked with Jesus, he was trying to tell them that, that when it's easier for us to have nothing than it is to have something and put it above God. The rich man was the money. According to the Bible I got right here, it says he was a rich young ruler. He had authority. He had finances. He had the ability to do all that he wanted to. And it grieved him and it inflicted upon him some pain because he knew the cost was going to cost him everything. When we follow Christ, it's the same thing. It's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you your self-image. What? My self-image? No, you're not going to look like you once did. When you sell out to God, when you surrender it all to Him. I praise God every single day. You guys don't even know who I was. I wasn't even a thought in your process when I got saved. All the drugs, all the alcohol, all the language, everything that I did. I don't look anything like it. And truly hard to believe, I smoked two packs a day for 13-some years. But it's God that I surrendered it all, and it hurt. And God still changed me to make me something different because he's working the process out in me. The young man was asking, what must I do to become, or to earn my eternal reward? He was only focused on the end game, not the process to get there. And what God is trying to expose to us is that which we treasure is our pursuit. 
What is it the thing that you are pursuing after? Is it money? The rat race? Because I know we need money to live and do all those things. But if that's your pursuit, Lord, give me a million dollars. I always loved it watching teenagers being a youth pastor. I'd say, what do you guys want? I want to become a YouTube influencer. Let me tell you, the first time I heard it, I said, what is that? And they're like, you're so old. Yeah. I had another kid. I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be in the NFL. Okay. Do you play football? No. But I play Madden great. I said, okay. If you don't know what Madden is, Madden's the football game that's on the computer or the, the Xbox. I said, well, if you're going to ever achieve anything, you've got to have to go play football. And I, and I looked at the kids when they said, I want to be a YouTube influencer. I said, okay. The likelihood of you being a YouTube influencer is very low. I understand why you want to do it, because you want to be able to look like you're fun. Everybody's going to know your name. You're going to be famous, and you're going to have millions of dollars because you could make that off of advertisement and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm going to be rich, and I get to stay home, and I get to do this. I said, okay, that's great. But you're here on church on Tuesday. What are you doing? Mom made me come. I said, you don't realize there's an impact and a far more ramification of what you're choosing to choose, uh, chase after that you don't even realize because you're still so young. I said, look at me. And the kid looked at me and says, what? I said, all you're looking for is tomorrow. What I'm looking for is the journey and the process that God's trying to take you to to get you through eternal life. And they're like, ugh. But so many of us are like, ugh, whenever God comes up to us and say, hey, I have this one thing that you're struggling with I want you to work on today. Might be a word that comes out of your mouth every so often when you get angry. It might be a finger that comes up when somebody cuts you off as you're driving. It might even be the way you handle your finances. It might be a whole bunch of different things that God's saying, hey, if you'll just work on this issue, fix it. I'll make you to where you get perfect. But you have to start pursuing after me. Make me the treasure that you want. Make me the thing that you hunger and thirst for. Make me the thing that you go to. That's why I love it. When you listen to people's dreams and you start seeing them sacrifice it to God, you start seeing them give it to everything to where you see God get honored in all that they do. Because you see the infliction that comes through it. Can I say that again? You start seeing the affliction that comes through it when people start really walking closer to God. You start seeing the change that comes on. There's this video that my wife likes to use in counseling that I've seen in ministry. It's called the Skit Guys. There are a bunch of, there's two guys. They do these little videos. And, and one of them, God is one short guy. The other guy is tall. And he's got all these issues. And, and, and he says, Lord, make me your masterpiece. And the guy comes out and starts chiseling away. And it starts hurting him a little bit. And doing all these little, little, little changes. And he says, i got to take this off. And he's like, no, no. Take the love handles. God... You make me have flat abs, chisel that away. But God's like, no, no, I gotta chisel away your bad attitude. I gotta start chiseling away the way you handle your wife. I gotta start chiseling away the bad ways that you're handling your kids and all these different things as I try to make you the image of my son. That's what he's doing. And when all of us, when we start surrendering to him and we start pursuing after him and making him our treasure, it's not enough to go and just do the small parts, it's supposed to be all in. To give him all so we could see his purpose be exalted in our lives. 
But way too many of us walk in the final point that I have this morning. And no, I still got pages of notes. So don't get all excited when I say final point. You see, Abraham chose God over his life. Chose God over his dream. Noah trusted God with a plan to build something that he's never heard of or seen before, but did it anyway. But our fight is that we fight our choices to either surrender or to fight. What I mean by that? I'd like to incorporate what you read this week if you're reading the Bible plan so you'll, you'll, you'll get a little bit out of it. We can either choose to surrender or to fight. And when I, when I think about that, I think about two young boys that wanted to give God the glory that they thought was going to be worthy. All the way back in the book of Genesis. You see, one boy, he, he, he grew stuff in the ground. Corn, wheat, grapes, everything he could. And he says, God, I'm going to give you a part of that. I'm going to put it at you, God. That's going to be yours because I think you're awesome. And then his brother over there has got sheep, goats, cattle. He says, God, I'm going to give you the firstborn of every single one of them because, God, I think you're worthy of having the very first. So they sacrifice them all and give them to God. And God comes up and he says, I love the one that gave me the firstborn, not just a portion of what's left over. If you've ever read the Bible, it's Cain and Abel. And, and, and what it causes is this little bit of struggle. You see, Cain was fighting back because he didn't want to give the first fruit. He wanted the good stuff for himself. We find that out. We don't get that whole highlight in Genesis. What we find that out in, in Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 10, where we, we get exposed to that truth. And then Cain, or Abel's over here going, God, I think you're awesome. I want to give you everything that I think you're worthy of because you're so much greater than me. You gave me these, I'm going to give you the first part back. And so it causes a little strife. And, and what do we read? We read that Cain decided that his brother's in the way of getting the blessing that he wants to pursue. So the scripture says that he goes up and hits him in the back of the head and kills him and buries him. And then when God comes looking, God's like, where are you at? What have you done? See, what I'm thinking that we need to understand even greater is that we are all in this rat race of life, but we have a choice to surrender or to fight. To surrender or to fight. Well, we might not be killing our brother. We might be fighting this war of the battle that we didn't start, but we're still fighting it. And that is to give it to God or to not. To honor God in all that we do or not. All that we are. Even the Apostle Paul struggled with this. Romans chapter 7 verse 15 says, For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want to do. But I do what I, the very thing I hate. And what he's talking about is this thorn in his side. This thing that he wants to surrender to God. And he's saying that it's a battle that I'm going to keep waging and warring. But God, nonetheless, I surrender it to you. 
Those are often the little secret sins that we have that we battle. But, but it's time to surrender it to God and give it all to Him and allow Him to have it and to work on it. Not holding it back, not trying to, to do it on your own, not trying to fight the battle, but start pursuing after the one who can win the war. It's time for us to start living our lives where we're surrendering it all to God. Paul knew that there was something in the flesh that wanted him to fail. And that was the curse of the original sin moving up within it, trying to cause him not to be able to do what God had called him to do. But what we need to do is take a hold of the fact that what God is trying to do is to get us to be more like Abel did. To trust him with everything we have. It doesn't matter what our life amounts to. If it doesn't, say God did it first. It doesn't matter if you earn a million dollars and you say that's where I've achieved it all. I've met a lot of people's to, uh, funerals, that, or I've been to a lot of them, or I've read stories about a lot of them, where people have millions and millions of dollars and they're still dead in the ground with none of it. It doesn't matter about their dreams. I think the most impactful thing we could ever do is to say, when my life is but just a memory, everybody says, but he loved God with everything he had. It doesn't matter the journey that I go on. I'm going to give it to him. I don't care if I'm grieved with the process. We shouldn't be worried about the pain that's going to come through because God is the great physician, the ultimate healer, and he's working on you on those aspects. But we need to be like Abel did. Saying, God, I'll give you what you're worthy of. What Noah did. What Abraham did. Giving our lives over and saying, I don't care how many times I hit my thumb in the process of building what God is trying me to build. It's worthy of it all. Because God, I'll deal with the pain. As long as you provide the means. It is to trust God with what we have. It's to trust God with this weird word called faith. It is to know that God is control, in control and that we're just along for the ride. But Lord, I will do whatever you ask, even if it hurts. That's why I think it's so interesting that you can kind of get a glimpse of some people by how often they come to church on Sundays. I'm not talking when you're sick. I understand when you're not here at sick. But when it's like the Christmas and Easter only people. Or they come in here so sporadically because they're not connected, because they're not engaged, because they're not really all in for God. Because they don't realize the impact of what it means to come into the body of Christ and to fellowship with one another. And to carry each other's burdens and to walk alongside of each other and understand that we don't all have it all put together. We need each other because that's what God designed us to be. We're all in this journey, in this boat together, trying to get through this journey. And it's so interesting when you see those that are not all in. And you can tell it. And all I can do is pray for them and ask them that, that God would move in their lives. <clears throat> you see, we live our lives in the fight for something but what it means to give is to trust God with all the hurts. For he knows that you will fall and you will fail. But I love how the scripture says in Isaiah 41 and 10. And it says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. 
I will hold, uphold you with my righteous right hand. There's a psalm that says, even though I fall, my right hand will lift you back up. See, God's not in it just to put you down and beat you down and do all these things. When you get hurt, God loves you and he wants to minister to you. He wants to help you through the journey, but you have to trust him. That is why we have hope. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I love that in Psalms 23. He is with me. That is why the young man struggled to grasp as he walked away because he hurt too much knowing that he'd have to give away something he valued so much more. Sadly, that's why so many in the world today fail to hold the church as a priority. It's why they fail to read the world as a priority, or word, why they fail to read the word as a priority. Why they fail to give God what he's worthy of. Why they fail to exalt his name. Why they fail to worship him. Why they fail every aspect of it. Because they know it's going to cause a little bit of a pain. But it's time for the creation to worship the creator fully. And to give it all to him. Can I say that again? It's time for us, the creation, to put ourselves in the proper context, in the proper place. Where we worship and exalt the creator who designed us for a relationship to connect with him. But that's always going to come when we start really connecting with the song that I love that God placed on my heart. Where we come up to him and we say, I surrender all. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him. I will ever love and trust him. I will ever love to trust him. Can that be our heart today? Can that be our, 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 our driving force today? Where we say, God, I'll give it to you because I want to see your purpose. Because I will ever love and trust you, Jesus. And the presence daily I live. I surrender all. I surrender all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. This is the heart that God is asking us to give, to allow the things of this world to go, that we go through that might even frighten you, to be the thing that holds you together, even though you might hit your thumb with a hammer sometimes as you're trying to watch his process get built up. But what we can hold on is to the promise that if we surrender it all to him, we will find our security and our safety in the places that we don't expect. And that is in our surrender. That is in the aspect of where we trust him. Because what Jesus was trying to tell the disciples that we need to hold on to today. It is that with man this is impossible. It is with man, it is with you that it's impossible to get anything that you would even think that God would want to give you. But it's by God's goodness and graciousness and mercy that we start seeing the freely given things that he wants to give us because Jesus is telling us, but with God all things are possible. If you'll stand with me this morning. I don't know.
know what you're struggling with today. I don't know if it's a self-image issue that you're dealing with. It's time to surrender it to Him. I don't know if it's your finances, it's time to surrender it to Him. I don't know if it's a strife between you and somebody else. It's time to surrender it to Him. I don't know what's causing a wedge between you that says, God, I can't pursue you because I can't get through it all. It's time to surrender to Him and finally start following Him. It's time to finally start saying, God, I give it all to you. I don't care what I'm carrying today. I don't care how much it hurts. I don't care how much I want to hold on to it. I surrender it to you, God. Because you're worthy of it all. You're the one that can handle it the most. You're the one that knows the proper cares and procedures that need to occur to allow a healing to occur. God, I give it to you. And it's going to start right here, right now, if we'll surrender it to him. So let's go ahead and take a moment and just ask God. God, what is it that would cause me to not be perfect anymore? And allow it to be exposed so that I can have it fixed. Lord, right now I just ask you to just touch each and every one of us, Lord. I don't know what we've been carrying with, Lord. I don't know what we've been inflicted with, Lord, today. But God, I know you're the one that can heal it. Jesus, you said by your stripes there's a healing touch. And I know it's a physical healing. And there's a spiritual healing. And there's an emotional healing. And there's a worldly healing, Lord, that will occur. Because we know that you're able to. So, Lord, right now, we just ask that you expose it into our minds, Lord, what we need to give away to you, Lord, as we surrender it to you. As we get ready to come to the altars, Lord, this morning, and we surrender it to you. Because, God, we need you to be the God that's possible to do all things, Lord, to take over all aspects of what we have and be the driving force that allows us to see the deliverance that needs to take place and take root in our lives, Lord, so that we can see your glory come. But we have to finally say, Lord, we're done fighting this fight. The only opposition in the way is not my brother or my sister. It's me. God, we want to surrender it all to you. We want to give it all to you this morning. The altars are open. If that's you this morning, come down. Give it to him. Surrender it to him. If, that's you, if you don't feel comfortable coming to the altars, do it right there in your seats. But right now, I'm going to leave the altars open as we sing the song, I Surrender All.
We're just going to take a few moments, Lord, where we just, I just feel that we just need to stay in this house just for a moment and just say, Lord, take my week this week. Take the messes that I'm going to encounter, Lord, and give me the grace to walk through them. Amen. Give me the strength to endure when the enemy wants to come as I walk out these doors this week. And touch us, Lord, as we go through this journey, Lord, as we walk in a sacrificing manner, Lord, where we say, God, it's not about me any longer, but it's you. God, I want to give it all to you. I don't care the pain, because you're worthy of it all. I don't care about a rejection, God, because I have the ultimate connection and the resource that is you. So God, touch, touch us this week. Touch us this week, Lord, as we walk through this life and remind us of our hope as we want to give because we are done seeing this life just be about us. But God, it's time for us to find a driving point where we pursue after your purpose. Holy Spirit, Lord, we welcome you in this place. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in our hearts and our minds. Holy Spirit, we welcome you, even as we walk through the doors, <coughs> to have your way in our week, Lord, and our days, and our hours, our minutes, Lord. Take us, Lord, and minister to us. Lead us with that righteous right hand that you promised to uphold us with, Lord. And show us the way that we need to go. Show us what we might need to get rid of, even through this week, that we don't even realize today, Lord. That will allow us to walk where we see perfection. But not our perfection, God, because that's impossible. But with the image that you've called us to bear, which is possible. Because, God, we want you in and among us. So touch us this week. Restore what the enemy would want to steal, Lord. 
wage wars that need to be waged, Lord. But Lord, let us walk with the heart that understands that we're surrendered. God, we give it all to you this week. We give you all the glory, all the praise, Lord, and be with us. Amen.